You are listening to episode 57 of the Game Deflators podcast. My name is John, and Ryan, that's our new intro. Hey everybody, here at the Game Deflators podcast, we like to talk about games we've recently picked up, games we're currently playing, and today, a long time ago, on a couch far, far away, we bring you the Inflation Deflation Challenge. Dude, I'm pretty stoked because this is actually an original childhood copy. That's what I was referencing. Oh, yeah, for sure. That's the couch. That's the long time ago. You know, really, I don't think I played it on a couch. I want to say I played it on my bedroom floor. Maybe my grandmother's guest room would be another one. Dude, back then, I would just take the whole console with me and all my cables and everything, a couple games, and just bring it house to house wherever I was going. Hey, I remember doing that. That's why the GameCube had a handle. Yeah, eh, Super Nintendo didn't. That's a teaser into what we're doing. And, of course, it'll be ruined when you read the uh, episode description, because I always put it in there. Now, our recently picked up games. Ryan, I'll start with you. All right. Uh, so Because this will be quick. Yeah. I picked up Demon X Machina last week, and I actually started playing it this week. And that's all I picked up. So are you currently playing it, technically? Yes. Have you beaten Zone of the Enders 2? No. I still have two weeks. Yeah, two weeks. No, you got three, I think. Let's say the eighth. Yeah, three weeks. You got three weeks. You have to be to buy the twenty. The episode on the 29th. It has to be done. Yeah, it'll get done. Don't worry. We might run into a situation where I have you bring that game and your memory card over here. There's no memory card on a PS3, dog. Okay, well, then bring a USB drive of your save file, and we'll put it on mine, and you'll beat it here. <laughs> I'll beat it. Don't worry. It'll get done. It'll get done, I assure you. I will not mess up the first inflation deflation challenge. Our tens and teens of listeners out there, and maybe in the 20s and 30s, uh, will likely want to hear your reaction to Zone of the Enders 2. Yeah, and you can let me know your reaction on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, everywhere you can find us, The Game Deflators, except for Twitter. Just just Game Deflators. The, The, I don't know, they don't like the... Exactly. And hear us on all of our uh, podcast applications out there, both Android and Apple podcast uh, applications. And it's pretty much as simple as that. What did you pick up this week, John? Because I know you must have strained those muscles picking all of it up. Uh, The question is, what did I not pick up this week? So I honestly don't even I'll I'll just go through the list. Let me pull it up. Uh, But my big pickup was Neverwinter Nights finally came out on the Switch and PS4. I will say I am dying to have a patch on that game it is just so choppy it's like so true to the pc version did you play choppy. the pc version yeah i played the pc version years ago i didn't beat it but i played it years ago and it was always super choppy like the frame rates just dropped all the time maybe because i had a crappy pc i was playing it on but there shouldn't be frame rate issues on a console game like we're talking to dipping into the, like the 10 and 12 range mm-hmm. at times so there are issues with that that have been noted um to who's the team that did the remake remaster i'll look it up yeah you go ahead and look it up i'm gonna go ahead and look at these games that i picked up um here it is and the list of games that i grabbed all snes by the way uh trad imperium super troll islands tough enough uh that's t-u-f-f-e and enough uh sonic blast man revolution x rap jam pto dog beam dog the the yeah so i should have known that so at beam dog fix your crap uh, PTO, Utopia, Where in Time is Carmen Sandiego, not Where in the World. Flashback, Pink Goes to Hollywood, and that's the Pink Panther. Uh, FIFA Soccer, which, whatever. Bugs Bunny, Rabbit, Rampage, Art of Fighting, 
Uh, Wings 2, I got two copies of that somehow. Off-Road Baja, Champion Soccer, Shanghai, Dragon's Eye 2, World Soccer 94, Balls 3D, and that's Balls of a Z, and Ken Griffey Jr. Baseball. A few of those are garbage titles, but, I mean, you're looking at Raiden Trads, like a 20-buck game, Imperium's 50 Super Troll Islands, like 10 Tough Enough, 15 Sonic Blastman, about well, 20 And a lot of this stuff was new stuff for you, you said. Yeah, that's what sucks, because normally I would like to get a collection like this and have, like, a 50-50 split, so I can get rid of some stuff and then be Make okay. some of your money back. Yeah, make a little bit of money back. Um, Right now... There's a lot of keepers. 20 of the 23 were keepers. So... That kind of sucks, but at the same time, I well, just... Well, hey, I mean, if you're bolstering your, your library, you're bolstering your library. But, I mean, yeah. any of that stuff you don't necessarily want, just because you don't have it, doesn't mean you have to keep it. Well, then that decreases the amount of episodes we can make, Ryan. I mean, right now, I just got us 20 new episodes. Oh, God. <laughs> yeah, just 20 new Super Nintendo games in the collection for episodes. Here forever. Exactly. Actually, um, yeah, that pretty much covers Game half of the year. podcast. Hundred years, hundred more years. Game Deflators podcast. That's uh, that's if I don't get any more games. So I do want to play Imperium. I want to say it was a top-down shooter, if I'm correct, or a side-scrolling shooter, one of the two. But it's like fifty bucks. I want to see if it's really worth fifty bucks. All right. Well, uh, I mean, it's probably not. But put it up on the block for next year. Yeah, that's true. It'll be. T- well, are we gonna do a Star Wars game on the 29th? It's Star Wars month. All right, all right, all right. Star Wars month, everybody. Star Wars month. Every week this month, we're doing Star Wars to promote Star Wars, which is coming out soon. You know, really, we're not doing to promote Star Wars. We're trying to utilize a hashtag. No, no. Disney called us, and they were like, look, Game Deflators, we need help pushing this Star Wars thing. People just don't seem to want to latch on to it. We've got a new show, but we need the Game Deflators to keep pushing this. So people know what Star Wars is because they've never heard about it. And we said, look, Disney, we got you. So what you're telling me is uh, Bob gave you a call and said, you know, guys, produce some more episodes on Star Wars. We really need this. I told him, I said, Bob, you know what? I'm not going to call you Bob. My dad's name is Bob. I'm going to call you Robert because nobody calls him Robert. And I think it's more professional. Okay. Yeah, we, we got the guy on speed dial, apparently. So, yeah, we're promoting Star Wars and... Lots of hashtags. Hashtag Star Wars. Game Deflators coming soon to Disney+. Plus. <laughs> we worked out a deal. <laughs> right after The Mandalorian. Yeah, I'm pretty sure April Fool's Day is you know, still five months away. Okay, that was uh, my pickups. And I'm currently playing. I'm still playing Sekiro. When we last spoke, I- I've had such a busy week, but when we last spoke, I had just beaten... Uh, the Spears guy. Well, yeah, Spears. No, well, no, no. I hadn't beaten Spears before the episode. Oh, you said when we last spoke. Well, you were addressing the audience here. I was addressing the audience. Hi, audience. Right yeah. Don't break the fourth wall. All right. So, yeah, the Seven Spears guy, I think it was Ashina of the Seven Spears, if I'm correct. Uh, took a few tries, but after I kind of got that pattern down, it was like, all right, cool, this is easy. So, beat him, and there was a couple other mini bosses um, I've beaten since then. I haven't beaten another main boss yet. I'm obviously progressing through the game as much as i can uh currently i am in this level that is like these monks and such and they're all just kind of it's crazy like you have these monks and it looks all normal and then you get to a point where there's like a monk that's spitting out cockroaches or crickets Mm. and then there's another monk that has like this giant centipede attached to his body as like an extra limb so i went from like this humble little area with monks 
to all of these like random creatures. Oh, and... I think I know who your next big boss fight's going to be, and I'm pretty sure it's a huge, troublesome fight for a lot of people. Oh, I'm sure. I mean, it it wouldn't surprise me. The game itself is just troublesome in general. So I've gotten pretty far. I've leveled up pretty decently. I've picked up a couple more um, skill blocks that I can utilize. So right now I just kind of get I got to get back into it and and see where I'm at and just kind of get my surroundings right and and do a little more leveling up and at this point I've been jumping like level to level type of thing and I need to kind of just stay more focused. Yeah. So that's where I'm at on that and then I picked up Neverwinter Nights obviously so I started playing without the wife and she's enjoying it cuz you know as despite know, we, the performance issues. Yeah, despite performance issues it's not terrible. Uh, but we're actually, you know, we're playing on the Switch, and it's just very different from, you know, what I used to play on the PC. Yeah. I mean, it's just Adapting night that day. type of interface. Exactly. I mean, hotkeys are pretty much non-existent, uh, which sucks in a sense. Um, and then you do have, like, the two shoulder buttons act as, like, your quick guide to be able to do attacks and such. But it's kind of a pain in the ass overall, you know, mm-hmm. on a console. I mean, And that's, you know, something I would expect. It's not now, an easy game to put on Is this something you think there. could benefit from, like, if they had adapted the Switch's touch interface? Because that's one thing that I always find. It's like, I know the Switch has a touch interface. I just know that I hardly ever use it. Like, you know, even on the menus on the home screen, I hardly ever use it. When I first heard Neverwinter Nights was going to be coming on Switch, I thought that maybe it would be okay. But the more I've played it now, the more I realize the touch interface would be terrible unless well well, i mean a hybridization like there's so many games like this that come out on mobile which is purely touch now if you took that touch interface and combined it with all the normal control buttons i feel like that would give you at least enough versatility to emulate like mouse and a small keyboard you have buttons you have point and click but you need to find a way to marry those together in an ecosystem that works well yeah, one of the, the biggest issues I've got with it is on the PC version, you had the ability to obviously move around, and then if you pulled up your menu, you could easily, like, click, hey, I want to attack. This is weird, because, like, you could be in the middle of, like, running away, and you have to consistently run, but at the same time, you have to toggle through your menu, and if I hit, like, down, for example, my character just stops moving, mm-hmm. versus on PC, I could have been like, all right, let me toggle around yeah. really quick and get to my items and click. So there there is that issue. We're getting used to it, but I feel like it's going to be a difficult game to put onto a console. I mean, that at the end of the day, that really shows why this was never put on a console. And if they had maybe like a keyboard interface and mouse interface for a Switch, that'd be great. But then it defeats the purpose of playing it on Switch. You yeah. know, like I could just play it on PC and likely not have frame rate issues and depend on my PC's ability to keep up with the game. And, yeah. it, and it being like, and what pisses me off is like, with it being such an old game, I think it's like 20 years old, the fact that there's frame rate issues in a remaster on a 20-year-old game, and they spent as long as they did doing this, why are those issues, you know, present? Like, they shouldn't be. Yeah. So, we'll see if they patch it. I mean, they did release a patch for the PC recently, so hopefully it's an indication that they're doing a patch on the Wii or not Wii, sorry, the Nintendo Switch and the uh, PS4 version as yeah, well. Yeah, if you're playing on the Wii, that could be your problem. That could be my problem, yeah. Well, no, I'd have point and click. It'd be great. <laughs> so, okay, well, that that's it for me, man. Uh, so I've been still playing Final Fantasy XII. I actually busted out my FF12 guidebook yesterday for the first time because I wasn't quite sure where I was going. 
And it looks like I'm a bit further in the game than I thought I was. I think maybe, I don't know, maybe halfway or so. So we'll see where that goes. And then, yeah, I picked up and started playing Demon X Machina. Uh, so far, there's not really a whole lot to say about it. It's not really a very engaging game. The, like, story isn't really anything as of now. You just kind of go into missions and before and during the missions the other people that join you on the mission will like talk and like you know speech bubbles and stuff and it's just kind of all really whatever like there's nothing compelling there's a whole bunch of different characters but it really is more of like they're just kind of there so that you're not alone and you don't really engage with them at all. They just kind of talk at you and around you. You know, standard silent protagonist. And it's mostly just a setting for why you're doing your mech stuff. You're just a mercenary. You're a rookie mercenary. And you just go out and do missions and kill things and get money and get parts and augment your mech and augment your body and stuff like that. It's really probably pretty shallow just if you're here you're here for the mech fighting and stuff which is okay i do wish that i had the split pad pro they did a bundle with split pad pro when the game came out uh and that's just like a beefier set of joy cons with like actual like controller grips because it's the one thing like when you're doing a game that's like really involved where you're like really trying to move around that extra grip would be nice because your hands are just kind of it's hard to really get a good hold on the joy cons while they're attached to the switch because your hands want to grab around something like a controller and it's just not there um but the combat seems like okay it's definitely not i don't know i'll have to get a little further it's pretty much what the demo was like, the missions are different that I've done so far than what they were in the demo, but I was, I'm hoping that there will be more depth to this later, but I just don't think it's going to be one of those things I'm really going to hang around on, so I'm really glad that I did get this through Gamefly and didn't buy it. You know, now that I've played some more of this, I'll go back to Zone of the Enders, and I have a feeling Zone of the Enders is probably going to be, like, a more interesting game unless you're really into it for like the jrpg elements of stats and menus and lists because this game when you open it up you just have tons of numbers and stats so if that's what you're interested in i'm sure that that's why this game is exists i've played other games similar where it's just like oh you just have all these numbers and you just want to optimize and optimize and you know it would probably be fun with like other people but I just don't think I'm going to have that type of experience with the game. Well, it's a good thing you got Gamefly, dude. It is. It took me a while. I've been talking about it forever. And uh, are you going to be able to get the Star Wars game in time or now? Uh, you know, I went to a red box and looked yesterday and it was out. Um, I'll probably... It might be like the last game we play. Yeah. Just it, to give us some more time out I'll in the probably market. just try to relentlessly go to Fry's and check the red box and see if it's there and just pick it up that way. Because I have a feeling even if I mail Demon X Machina back and take everything else off the list and wait for it to come in, 
I have a feeling it's probably not going to make it through Gamefly in time for that. Although it would be a good experiment to test Gamefly and see if, okay, now that, you know, Christmas is coming up, people who have rented this through Gamefly will obviously be sending it back and everybody else will be getting Christmas stuff in. Maybe I would actually be better off testing Gamefly than playing a lot more Demon X Machina. Yeah, and there's several locations around me here to have Redbox, so we can always pick one up yeah. on a whim. Like, I'm sure we it. can find it if we actually check, because I just that was probably the first time I've looked at Redbox in a year and a half. Well, if you go on Redbox's website, you can see your closest location with it on hand. Oh, really? Yeah, so oh, we don't, okay, yeah, cool. you don't have to like relentlessly check. We could just make sure like the Saturday before that we record that we just, one of us picks it up. All right. Yeah. Drive to Tucson. Oh, my God. No. No. Um, okay. So our news. So the title on this one, and I'm so excited about this. It's a first-person experience. Amazing. The first-person savior. Yes. What in the holy hell is up with the trailer for I Am Jesus Christ video game? That is our article today. It's uh, by William Hughes at News.AV Club. So, yeah, this trailer came up for a, a video game on Jesus Christ, and we've got it on our Facebook page. I just watched a video and was laughing. I didn't even read the article. The whole con... It, it's the funniest thing, dude. Like, while you're watching this video, you're walking up, and it's like first per or third-person mode of Jesus, and then you kind of pause, and you look at the problem somebody has on hand, and spirit fingers go up, and they glow... And miracles happen. And I just wonder, like, what's the full concept of this of this game? Like, do you have alternate endings where you don't end up on the cross? Like, what happens in this title? I don't know, man. I, I've seen, you know, Captain Bible and other, you know, religious games. Like, I know that it's been a thing for a long time. And, you know, in the article, he says that they, they really weren't sure when they saw this the first time, whether or not it was like a troll thing or a real thing. But the game submitted for Steam, and it kind of, you know, they say that it looks more like not in-game footage. It looks more like this was like a promo reel somebody cut together to be like, hey, let's make this into a game. Dude, my favorite thing is when you kind of go up to the guy with the fish. Oh, with the, the empty bucket. The empty bucket, and you just and like put just the hands spawn up. Spawn fish in the bucket. Spawn fish, and then just has a picture of a guy like, oh, thank you. And it just goes into a little magic book, or Bible, I guess, and then... He goes on to the next one and the next miracle. So, you know, we here at the Game Deflators podcast, if if this is the kind of game that you've been waiting for, let us know because we would love to hear, like, from the audience that this game is for. Because I think usually these games are more for, you know, parents to try to teach their kids or give them something. And I don't think that we've ever seen anything quite like this. So... You not know, not in this period of time. So, yeah. like you've said, they had the Bible game in the or on the PlayStation Two years ago, and that was, I think, a multiplayer trivia type thing. And then back on like the Nintendo, you had all of the, you know, new advent or Bible adventures and Super Noah's Ark on the Super Nintendo. Like all these titles came out years ago. So this Let's is like the more most yeah. recent version. We'll see how of they tackle game. it in the current gen. Yeah, and limited run games looking at you i want a physical copy right yes let's get us some interesting you know pack-ins but uh Uh, you know let's probably go beyond this topic before we go yeah i did hear something else i wanted to mention about steam um there's been a couple games out there that have been submitted to steam and not approved yet 
that are actually talking about, uh, you know, the Hong Kong resistance movement and uh, the protests and stuff. There's been a couple games that were submitted and they haven't been approved. And uh, Jim Sterling's been covering this for a while and he released a, a video just yesterday talking about these. And, you know, seeing how this is coming out and, you know, going through Steam, you know, Steam is always been able to approve kind of whatever they want and it's just interesting to see them you know actually taking a stance possibly in their silence and not approving these games and falling towards china and i know we talked about that a little bit in the past so i just kind of wanted to mention that real quick here too so i heard an interesting thing about uh online gaming um as of late so apparently if you're online you see I'm not going to like associate it with just, you know, Chinese players, but I've always been told that, you know, if you ever see somebody cheating um, pretty heavily, the new thing apparently is if you just mention like free Hong Kong, like typing it in, like you'll just start seeing Chinese players drop off because of the association mm. with that whole thing online. And it's just something I've heard, um, but it'd be interesting like if anybody out there listening has actually done that or ha can confirm it, I'd really be interested to know if that's legitimately a thing. Um, just based on the whole state of things of Hong Kong and China and, and the gaming community. Lots of lots of interesting stuff related to all yep. of that. So I skipped over the first one on purpose, the first article we were going to cover, um, so we could kind of tie in the third one with it. So PlayStation State of Play 2019, it's coming up. It's going to be December 10th. Uh, you can catch it, I believe, 6 a.m. Uh, Pacific time. Yeah. And they're basically going to have some new game reveals for the next year. Yeah, they're going to have about 20 minutes of footage for new game reveals. And, you know, Sony wasn't at E3 this year. So let's see if this was, if this is going to be worth saving all that money they invested and showing us now, showing us, hey, you know, it's already six months after that. We've probably already forgotten most of what happened at E3. So remind us right now before the holidays what we have to look forward to next year. Well, it's interesting that they would do it now. I mean, I get it. Like, I just think if they would have done this like just before Thanksgiving and all their Black Friday sales and such. Well, this would be new stuff that's not going to be available to buy. True, but it hypes it up. Yeah, that's true. So that's kind of what I was looking at. Uh, so we'll see. State of Play is coming up. They've had some state of plays in the past uh, that have been great, great reveals. And I think this will be no different. We'll get to see probably... Maybe we'll see some Ghosts of Tsushima. Oh, I would love that, dude. Uh, that and we'll see some PlayStation 5 games, I'm sure. Maybe some more Last of Us 2. That'd be pretty awesome. Maybe some more Final Fantasy 7. Although yep. I think we've seen a lot of that. Yeah, and I don't know if that would necessarily need to be on state of play because it isn't exclusive. True. So we'll see what happens with that. Uh, but to tie in on that, we talked about it last week. Bluepoint Games uh, had some teasers that were out. We Remember were, those cryptic messages we told you about? Yeah, so we were totally speculating like what it could be. A lot of people think it's Demon Souls. Uh, they recently came through and said, um, and it was a quote, of this will become the achievement we're most proud of. So... We don't exactly know what it means, but yeah, people... go up to who who is this one by? This one was Saqib Mansour of Segment Next. It was a it was a good article, just kind of talking a little bit about, you know, how how they view uh, remaking games and this whole process of revamping games to get the most out of the technology, and they feel like what they're doing really contributes to. Uh, new makers of games by showing them like 
system limits and the tools that they have to use to develop these remakes and remasters really all works together in building new games as well. So they're very proud of their work. They've done really good work. You know, they said that uh, when they first remastered uh, Shadow of the Colossus, that was one of their biggest achievements. And then when they remade Shadow of the Colossus for PS4, that has been their greatest achievement. And this next thing that they're doing for PS5 will be their biggest achievement. So I'm saying they're going to do Shadow of the Colossus again for PSVR. That would be the biggest, like, could you imagine Shadow of the Colossus VR? If if Shadow of the Colossus has always been their biggest thing, I say keep on doing it. Shadow of the Colossus again. If it ain't broke, don't fix it. <laughs> that I mean, would be, it's not. It, they'd mean, be making it better. I think that that would really be, like, I know that that's not what they're going to do. I'm no, just kidding, everybody. Like, if if what they say here, so, people are speculating Silent Hill, Resistance Fall of Man, Castlevania... Or uh, Legend of the Dragoon we well, mentioned last week, or siphon, Demon Souls. Siphon Filter. Siphon Filter. So the interesting thing about the Legend of Dragoon point on this, and let me actually pull up their tweets that they had on this one. So it was, uh, let's see, Return from Shadow, a resistance to dart home as black monsters escape twisted hills to wander lands and Siphon Souls. So the Siphon Souls part, you're like, okay, cool. Demon Souls, right? But a lot of people are now looking at the to Dart Home and Black Monsters because main character of Legend of Dragoon is Dart and it's the Black Monster that attacks his home. So it'll be really interesting. But then they put a flipping picture of a red moon and bats and now you're like, oh, it's Castlevania. This is all over the place. Well, all they I mentioned say- Symphony and Siphon in this tweet also. So that's where, you know, Symphony or Castlevania probably. Well, and and is- Resistance. Dude, yeah. this is all over the place. All People I can say People basically is- just took this tweet, found all the words, and looked up games that have those words. I can even say have a heavy or have a metal Halloween and say they're going to make Heavy Metal 2000 a movie into a video game. There we I go. I think it's Heavy Metal 2000. Regardless, at Blue Point Games... Just make all of them, and you'll make all of us happy. All of them. Yeah. Redo so every single one of them. The saga of Blue Point continues, and who knows? Like, we're probably not going to see anything, but who knows? Maybe we'll see something. We might. State dude. of Play. I need to watch State of Play just to see if they cover one of their games. Like, if it's Legend of Dragoon Remake, I'm all over it, man. Yeah, I'll that's replay. a great game. I just beat that game last year, and I would replay a remake yeah. in better graphics. Like, it would be awesome. Okay. That is our news. We kept a little short today because we're getting towards the end of the year. Everybody's doing what? uh, Top fives for 2019. Well, or top tens or just top games of 2019. So here at the Game Deflators podcast, what do we like to do? We like to talk about games we recently picked up. Games are currently playing. No, John, we like to do inflation, inflation, deflation, deflation, challenge. challenge. You didn't let me finish. (laughs) All right. So unlike other podcasts and YouTubers and such out there, Ryan and I have a list of games that we have inflated, deflated, or our middle criteria of it is just right and inflated properly. So those Goldilocks games, Goldilocks games. Yeah. So uh, we're going to go through our top five. Uh, Ryan, we're starting top to bottom on this bottom being your favorite of the year. I'm going to start out my number one game of 2019 that we played together was Raiden Project on the PlayStation 1. So if you remember, that was kind of like a top-down shooter and uh, just like a, a Galaga or anything along those lines. You just kind of blew stuff up and you got your power-ups and everything else. And I want to say, was it one player or two players on that one? 
just one. Just one player, This right? was your favorite that we did? No, this was my, out of the five. Out of the five games, top to bottom, top being the least favorite okay, out of the five. Okay, that's, that's what I thought. Yeah. Okay, I was confused there. All right, so yeah, Raiden Project. That was a pretty all right game. It was, uh, I think it's like 35, 40 bucks is what it's valued at. So we probably, we got to go back and listen to our episodes, but I'm thinking that one we probably said was just mildly inflated. It wasn't too bad, but still inflated. Uh, for me, I'm going to go with Dynamite Cop. We played that on the Dreamcast, and okay. that was fun. It was fun. We had a good time with that. It reminded me of a lot of like more arcadey shooters that I've played through the years, and you know, I think it's the only game that we actually beat. Uh, no, we did beat Miss Spider in 2018. This year. This year? Yes, it is the only game that we actually completed, which I wish we well, could complete we didn't more. complete. We what, finished Dynamite one Cop? playthrough. Well, yeah, but I mean, Dynamite Cop, we beat the game, like the arcade component yeah. of it. We went through all levels and beat it. So that that's completed, kind of. No, there was like other paths that you could do. Well, we took that path and we beat that path, so we beat it. Yeah. All right. Number two. This one, despite the fact that I absolutely hated it, I was actually pretty decent at it. Pat Rapper the Rapper won on the PlayStation 1. Dude, the amount of fun we had with that game, the sheer amount of laughs, it was, I think, you, me, and Danny that night just playing this game was hilarious. Like, that, it's going to be one of the more memorable games of 2019 It was for a me. good night. It was a good time. Purely based on that. And then we learned about Danny's um, transactions uh, that yeah. we can cash in on yeah, on yeah. an annual basis. So if he's listening right now, you know what we're talking about. So, yeah, that, that's my number two, dude. It was a good one. It did not make it onto my list. My next is going to be Saturn Bomberman, which we just played recently, and I absolutely enjoyed it. It's been a long time since I played Bomberman. I think this is a great addition of Bomberman. I think all of the the little cutscenes and stuff were fantastic. The art style's tremendous. I thought it was a good game. And what's crazy is we both said that one was inflated for obvious reasons. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I mean, nobody should be paying 300-something bucks yeah, for a complete game. Too expensive, but a very well worthwhile game to play if you can play it well and it's one of my favorite franchises out there mm -hmm. it's it's one that you can obviously play on your own and have fun but when you get friends playing it with you it's so much better yeah like just a team atmosphere oh sorry excuse me uh team atmosphere just tied in on to it and just the saturn bomber especially having the ability to link up back then and have like up to eight players that would absolutely have been cool. phenomenal that, that would have been, been cool. awesome all right my number three, uh, which is my middle ground. So we're going up in terms of which is our favorite. Uh, I would have to say Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles Hyperstone Heist. That is a childhood classic, classic game, childhood favorite of mine. Uh, played on the Sega Genesis. Uh, the one that you can kind of say is closely related would be Turtles in Time. But uh, Hyperstone Heist is one of my all-time favorite games. A lot of nostalgia playing with my brother um, years ago. We would take our it got to a point where we had both a Genesis and a Super Nintendo and we would take our Genesis with us and only have Hyperstone Heist just to play Hyperstone Heist. And I think Cool Spot might have been the other game we'd bring with us occasionally. Oh my gosh, really? Yeah, I don't know why. We just like playing Cool Spot. Uh, dude, a lot of my games. So my Cool Spot title that's on my wall here somewhere is an original copy. Most of the Sega Genesis games here are going to be original copies of mine. Um, the, the ones that I would call out, obviously. I probably picked up 30, 40 in the last few years. Uh, 
so that that's mine, dude. What is your number three? Uh, number three for me is going to be the whole Vectrix experience. I think that the Vectrix was really interesting and unique, and it was one of our best received episodes that we had. We did, uh, for anybody who hasn't gone back and listened to that one, we took, John got a Vectrix arcade system, and I got the Apple arcade, and we just took all of the games John had. We tried to find uh, other more modern takes on those same genres or ideas and compare them and say, you know, this is where these ideas were, and this is a system with a screen and a controller, and you can play everything all in one back in the day, and this is the newest way to do it now. How do those things kind of compare? And that that whole experience, those games on the Vectrix were, I thought, you know, pretty good, especially for what they were. And, uh, you know, comparing that to the Apple Arcade was definitely, you know, kind of pushing some lines here a little bit. You know, some of those things were definitely not as one-to-one, but just seeing how the ideas evolve and seeing how the technology evolves and how these are two mirrors of each other through time, uh, that was just a tremendous night. Yeah, dude, that was a lot of fun. And that would probably go down as one of my better pickups of probably my favorite pickup of 2019 if I had to, you know, start ranking those. Uh, given that I've had a broken Vectrix console, which I wonder if that guy ended up being able to fix it, the one I sold it to. But I've had a Vectrix console for years that was broken, just had a little white dot, and I always wanted to play it. It was just one of those things that, like, there was a mystery surrounding it. I purposefully didn't watch any sort of videos on the Vectrix and how it played. Um, you know, I just had always looked up, okay, my console's broken, how do I fix it? And everything that was tied to it was well beyond, like, any expertise I have. So to kind of keep it fresh for myself, like, that experience that you had with the Vectrix was at the same time as me. Like, I had never picked up a Vectrix controller, had never played any games on it, had never even seen videos on the games that were played. It was just a pure, like, experience altogether mm -hmm. to begin with. And I will... That's going to be one of my favorite pickups of all time, for sure. Uh, just given that I had waited so many years to have one that was working and to actually have it in hand and plug it in and... That was awesome, dude. Yeah. Yeah, totally like that. It unfortunately did not make number three on my list. Uh, so we're going to number four, and that is, for me, Alien 3, or my typo here says Alan 3. Alan 3. Alan with one L. Uh, so Alien 3 was on the Sega Genesis is what we played it on. I had the best experience, though, playing it on the Nomad. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah. So after you had left that evening, I went ahead and said, well, let me put on the Nomad and see how this plays. And it was actually really fun to play it as a handheld game. I did not like that game. Oh, dude. Well, you weren't good at it. I was not good at that. I actually that got... had a lot. You know, John, how good I am at things tends to have a lot of uh, influence on how much I like it. Well, regardless, <laughs> it was a great game in my opinion. I got through a lot of it. And when I finally got it on the Nomad, it was so much better just to play it on that handheld experience. And uh, anybody out there that hasn't played Alien 3 on the Genesis... Go check it out. I think it's also on NES and Super Nintendo. So if you have one of those consoles, check it out on there. I don't know how it would play on the NES, just given that it's an older console. Um, I don't know how it, you know, how well it compares to the other two. Yeah. I've never tried it, but it's a check out this. Yeah, sure. check out the Super Nintendo version and uh, compare to Genesis or play either one. Uh, for me, I'm going with Spider-Man PS4. 
just because uh, it's a gorgeous game, everybody already likes it and says that it's fantastic. And of all the games that we played this year, it's probably going to be the best bang for your buck. I don't think that we've played anything else this year that is going to be more worth what you would pay for it now. You probably go pick up a used copy of this for not very much. Well, Game of the Year edition on this particular title was going for 15 bucks. I want to say, at Best Buy. Yeah, so there's there's no excuse if, uh, if you're just looking for a good deal on a good game. This is actually going to be my recommendation, like, for the year for anybody out there that's going to say, hey, what what should I get? What should I play? I'm going to say, get Spider-Man. Yeah, Spider-Man's great. In fact, my wife just beat it yesterday. Oh, really? Yeah. Cool. So she enjoyed it, and she called me over and said, hey, come and check out the ending of this game. It's awesome. I'm like, no. Like, why? I'm not going to watch the ending to a game that I will likely play down the road. So... Apparently, it was a fantastic game. She enjoyed every moment of it, and now I don't have to swap out Sekido for Spider-Man every single day uh-huh. because we're both playing on the PS4. So this is great. All right. My top, top 2019 game experience was the Vectrix. Of course, it was likely my best pickup of all time for 2019 or all time in general. And the experience that I had on that, I already talked to you about it just mere three minutes ago yep was amazing so it is number one technically five on our list as the best game of 2019 for me and for me i'm going with parasite eve parasite eve is a game that i've heard about for a long time but still don't know very much about i just knew that it was out there i knew that people liked it i knew that it was interesting and uh that little bit of time that we spent with it is definitely something that's calling me back and i will definitely have to pick that up from you and play it because I think that I'm very actually interested of all the things we played this year. That's the one that I want to go back and do. So a little preview into next year. Uh, Next week, we're going to be discussing our new games resolutions as we did this past year. Uh, Ryan, uh, I keep busting his balls, had to play Xenogears one and two and the uh, Game Boy no. Advance version. Zone of the Enders. Oh my God, I keep messing that up, dude. Hey, Zone they both the got en- big robots. They both got big robots, and they both start with a Z. And they both it starts with an X. Oh my God, you're right. It's close enough. Zone of the Enders, Xenogears. <laughs> All right, whatever. Let's not cut that out because that's great. All right, so Zone of the Enders one and two and the Game Boy Advance version. Mm-hmm. It's Fist of Mars. Yeah, is that right? So he had that. I had Sukaden two on the PlayStation 1. I demolished Sukaden 2. Absolutely enjoyed it. You're still playing, so you can't judge your games. I judged two of them already. Okay, yeah, you technically did too. So next week we'll be revealing our 2020 New Games Resolutions, and I have a feeling Ryan might go with Parasite Eve, but he may surprise me too. Yeah, I'm still... I had some good ideas this week. I'm still going through. I'll let everybody know next week. If you guys have any, you know inklings that you want to do this to remember it's not necessarily like the idea behind it was what's a game that you've always wanted to play what's a game that's been sitting on your shelf left unfinished or unplayed or what's that one that you remember looking at in in the magazine when you were little but you never actually got it that's a new game especially pick a game that you've always wanted to play and finish and do it. Ryan just described about 75% of my collection. 
games that I've wanted to play and haven't. Yeah, okay. Mine is pretty sweet. We'll go into it next week. And let's go into our inflation deflation for this week. So this week on Star Wars Month, we've got Super Return of the Jedi. This comes to you from Sculpted Software, published by JVC, designer Kalani Stryker, uh, released back in June 94, and it got mixed-ish reviews, the approximation somewhere around a 7 out of 10-ish, and uh, I'm inclined to agree. We had a good time playing this game. It looks great. It sounds great. The music's good. The sound effects are good. All the (laughs) is there. It's got all the (laughs) you could want. Out of a Star Wars game. If I could do a chewy voice, I'd totally do it. Mm-hmm. Don't even attempt it. Don't even. Don't even. Nope. Uh, yeah, so did you already go? Okay, yeah, Sculpted Software, JVC, Kalini Striker, June 1994, and a 7 out of 10. And uh, let's go over some prices before we actually go into okay. you know, the overall game experience. That What's we had. the brass tax on this one, John? All right, man. So the most expensive version of this game, and this is more of an FYI, I don't think this is the case. It might just be due to limited sales, like you had pointed out. The Super Famicom version, so obviously in Japan, $257 loose. That seems pretty high, and I don't see why it would be that much. And then our cheapest version, another typo on my part, $8.59 on the Game Boy. Uh, I have my typos, $859. And as far as the Super Nintendo version is concerned that we played, complete in box, $2904. Loose eleven nine or eleven forty nine, and that complete price is down from thirty two ninety three back in February twenty seventeen. That was its peak. Uh, currently, it's kind of experienced a dip and it's kind of trending back up. And that loose price, we were looking at paying uh, about fifteen fifty back in February twenty sixteen, and that's kind of had a rocky zigzaggy past, but. You're never going to be paying more than that and not going to be paying less than 10 it looks like. So probably in the 12-ish area yeah. uh, on average. Yeah, exactly. So this, as we had mentioned, is a childhood copy of mine. I've had this for many years. It's got a password save on it, which is awesome because you can always go back to levels that you completely get demolished on. It has a great continue setup. So you start with three lives and you get two or three continues uh, with your characters, which I think is pretty good pretty generous yeah it's pretty not bad it's really not hard in play either like if you're being aggressive and moving through the level and you've kind of got a handle on what you're doing it's really not that hard to stay at at least like 75 percent health or full yeah like you can really get through it and pick up some health yeah, it's with pretty generous. just about every enemy you defeat, you get a little bit of health, a little heart pops up, and then you have some larger health bars uh, that you can gain, as well as bigger hearts that increase your, like, they replenish your health. So the game itself, we got through, what was it, like five or six levels? Something like that. We got, we got decently into this one, uh, both because it was fun and not too challenging, and... Uh, it had enough challenge, though. Yeah, it had enough challenge, but it wasn't, like, frustrating to the point where we couldn't get past something. It seemed like if we game over, we would clear it within the first life the next time. Like, it took enough tries to figure out, but not so many that it ate through all your continues and we had, you know, the password system and stuff. 
it was good. The first level, I was like, what is this, Sonic? Because John's playing as Leia in her, you know, Return of the Jedi bounty hunter outfit, except now with a spear and doing jump flip spins and picking up fire shields and, and it didn't had, help. like glowy sparkles all around him. Well, and it didn't help when I picked down up that holes. Uh, that one power boost that like yeah. speeds you up and I'm like, "Okay, now it's Sonic." I'm oh yeah, shoo. he's just pinballing everywhere. I was like, "What is going on here?" Yeah, so Ryan kind of got that at, at a random glimpse, but once he finally got the controller in his hand and was able to play as the different characters, got the concept of, "Okay, this isn't too bad." Not Sonic. Yeah, and every uh, all the three characters played very different. They all kind of had their own strengths. Like, we had this one boss that we absolutely demolished with Chewie, and there were other things that, like, I just didn't think Chewie was very good at. And then there was, like, all the platforming that was in there was pretty solid. Uh, Luke's double jump, you know, using that to try to get from platform to platform, uh, moving around. It was not the hardest platforming, but it was very forgiving in the sense where you fall down instead of dying. You just descend back to the previous level below and you have to work your way back up. Now, without all the enemies, you cleared them out the first time. It had good checkpointing. Like, I felt like once I got through something, if I died, I didn't have to go all the way back to the beginning. You know, with Luke, I, I just realized that when we played, you had the option to switch your force power. And we didn't do that. I didn't even use the force power. Yeah, if we would have hit select um, in Java's uh, dance hall, I think mm -hmm. it was, if you were to use Luke's force power, there's a, an ability, you know the guys that grab you yeah. in that level? If you use one of the force powers, it kind of stops them in their place so you can slash them, and it mm. makes that part easier. Okay. Which really was like the main issue in that level was those guys. If they weren't there, that level would have been so much easier. The enemies were fantastic. All the sprites were terrific everything looked super star wars even the stuff that they obviously put in that wasn't from star wars all of the uh all of the characters in like jabba's palace and the bosses and even like the monsters outside all seemed to really fit that star wars aesthetic and feel the the first boss was the eye gate thing that you have to, she talks to, to get into Jabba's palace. Mm -hmm. I thought turning that into a boss was a really interesting idea because it was just such a small scene, but it's like obviously the first impediment that you reach in the movie. So it should be the first boss. And I like how they kept true to that instead yeah. of just throwing in like, here's the Sarlacc pit's brother. You have to fight him. He's the first boss. So given all that we've discussed, I would have to say that at 11.49, this game is deflated. Yeah, I'm going to say so too. Like, easily, this seems like a game that should be... At least 15 bucks. more than that, yeah. Like, that seems like just a steal. Like, especially considering how many games we've played that are just not worth whatever they're going for. I would totally pick this up. If you saw this somewhere for 12 bucks. And you didn't have it, even if you're just casual Star Wars fan, I would say that the game itself is worth playing. It's fun. I mean, I I really do enjoy this game. I enjoyed it as a kid. I enjoy it now. When we got through that first level and we had to take the, um, I forget the name of the ship that we're using. We had to do the jumps and such. Dude, that was a blast. Like, just remembering playing that level when I was younger. So there's a little bit of nostalgia here for me, but... 
at 11.49 that's a steal i think 15 bucks you would still be okay buying this game and i think 30 dollars complete in box would be a good price for this too especially because on that level you're looking more as somebody who is a collector i think 30 bucks for a great game you know in a box especially because you know super nintendo games in box you know complete are not something you see as often i'm just looking at a few i have i don't have many i have like maybe three mm-hmm. kind of scary um yeah so we're both at deflated this game is totally worth the price point it's going for now and uh we'll have it on our website at some point with the correct is it worth playing or not yeah yeah okay so next week <clears throat> we should just crack out the xbox all right xbox I mean, time so uh i've got like four or five games of star wars on there we'll find one yeah i think i got republic commando um kotor one and two jedi outcast or jedi Knights. we'll do something multiplayer too so we can get in on that action well, I think in that case, we're probably going to be playing Battlefront. Okay. So, Battlefront 1 or 2. So, we'll see. We'll see what we got. Have you played the newest Battlefront games? No. Okay. So, then we can't compare. Because I haven't played them either. No, I've o- I only played the original ones, and I played those on PS2, I think. Yeah, yeah. It did come out on PS2 as well. So, yeah, we'll crack up the Xbox. It's, uh, it's honestly one console we haven't played yet. Yeah, we haven't played any Xbox. And we haven't played any Atari. I wanted to do an Atari Star Wars game, but I don't know if I have it yeah that would be interesting that would be okay well that concludes episode is this 57 57 i hope i said 57 in the beginning you did. all right episode 57 my name's john i'm ryan and we are the, the game, game deflators, deflators.